Hello and welcome to another episode of The Neighborhood GM. Today I bring you another segment of our roundtable, someone, a part of the 12th man, someone that I consider family. I'd like to welcome to our neighborhood a resident GM of Seattle and a fan of the Seattle Seahawks, Max Terry. So Max, tell me, when is Paxton Lynch going to take over the reins for Russell Wilson? (laughs) It's a tough battle between him and Geno Smith, man. I don't know. Anybody's game now. But whoever gets the reins is going to be the future of the franchise. <laughs> Paxton Lynch. I don't know why we re-signed Russ. It's pointless. If, we, if I knew we were going to get Paxton Lynch and Geno Smith, I'm like, we have a two-headed dragon here. Like, why do we need Russ? <laughs> is it better or worse than Nathan Peterman? Oh, God. You know Nathan Peterman is still in the league. Yeah, he's he's for the Raiders, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. It sounds like a Gruden call to me, one of the grinders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, segueing into the offseason, what would you think of your offseason acquisitions, the people that you signed? Uh, personally, I loved it. Obviously, we didn't do any flashy you know, signings outside of maybe Ziggy Ansaw. It was more tailored around they understood that they, for the last few years, we've taken so many, like, Sheldon Richardson, Dwayne Brown, we keep trading these high picks for just like one-stop gaps. They're not going to be here for years. And I think they're learning from that and they've been restructuring or something. I can't remember what the way they put it, but this year was evidence of that. They got like some smaller name players. They got, you know, Iwapati at the end of his career. He's gone through so many injuries, but still like when he's healthy, he's one of the better guys. Have him lined up there with, you know, DJ Fluker on the other side. It's going to be fun to watch when they're healthy. Big if. (laughs) Um, We got Jason Myers, which I am very excited about because we had him in here the year before and he battled with Janikowski last year. Lost the job to Janikowski. Don't know why. Then went to the the New York Jets. Killed it. Had one of the best career. You know, he had his career year, which got him. He got the bank this year. I kind of want to talk about uh, Myers a little bit. Yeah. You know, he like you said, he's a solid kicker. He did mm-hmm. really well for the Jags, and then he went. He did uh, pretty well for the Jets, like you said. I want to know your thoughts on his long ball, though, because he's pretty bad from fifty plus. He's hovering right around like half. Yeah, and it's it's those situations where it's like he's so consistent from everywhere other than that that you're willing to let that slide of he's not going to be the Janikowski of old. He's not going to hit those long ones. But I think at that point we have what I think is the best punter in the league, Michael Dixon. So I'm not even worried. We're going to just put it on the one every single time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, can you think of how many 50 plus yard like kicks are made that, that are like truly defining the entire season? Uh, yeah, I can think of one since I'm an Eagles fan back in 2017 <laughs> yeah. where Jake Elliott hit a, almost a 60-yarder win and then, you know, rest is history. True. It's it's one of those, it's like, yes, he's not that consistent from deep, but after having seen our last few years of kickers, I do not care if he can't consistently kick it from that deep. He's not going to be asked to do that consistently. They'll put Dixon out. They like punting from like 50 plus yards out for kicks. It's, I'm not worried about it too much. I don't think it's going to, we're not going to lose 
seven games because of that. So it's yeah. I'll take and it also, or leave it. Also, having Russell Wilson, you know, a mobile quarterback, I think will help you that if you're beyond that 50-plus point and you're, you're like on a fourth and two or fourth and three. Yeah. You know, I think you just kind of go for it, especially if you're in that, you know, 40 to 50-yard line. I don't see that being a problem. So as long as you don't ask them to kick from 50-plus, I think you guys are pretty solid because everywhere else yeah. he's about 90-plus. He's hitting almost perfect. Yeah, and that's going back to the earlier point. Like, you've seen what our special teams has been like. Special teams makes a huge difference. We had Blair Walsh. Oh, that was a rough year, man. That was, like, one of the hardest years to watch. Like, I was like, I when it was special teams time, I was like, can we just go for it? I don't care if it's, like, fourth and 32. Let's just go for it. Like, we're not going to – we're going to punt backwards somehow. Like, I love John Ryan to death, but, like, at the end of his career. Like, it hurt, man. EU Potty is easily one of the better guards in uh, terms of running the ball. Mm -hmm. Do you guys think now that Russell Wilson got all that big money, but he really doesn't have that many weapons outside, Mm -hmm. the running game is a big emphasis, especially since you guys were first in the league last year. Mm -hmm. Do you think you're going to repeat being first in the league and rushing again? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I expect to. And there's a couple factors that go into it, like uh, Potty. Um, him being in there, uh, we had we have another we have a lot of depth there now too. We have uh, the guy that stepped in Jordan Simmons last year that we picked up. He did really well. Like the the spots that we had to you know pick and play, we had to put people in those places uh, like Jordan Simmons. We had to put in um, Joey Hunt at center for the Cowboys game. And if you remember that game, he's a small dude from TCU. He's a smaller dude, and he likes to talk a lot. And he was the reason that uh, I think it was Randy Gregory or David Irving they got that penalty where it was like a fourth down, and he, he like, was egging him on, and then he shoves his face, and then it's 15 yards and get the first down. And he – there's an interview with a local sports station where he was talking about – he was getting in his ear talking about it, and then he pushed his face, and he walked 15 yards to the spot and stood there and said, this is where we're going first down. And he walked right up there. <laughs> so I'm like, I love it. And mainly it's all due to Mike Solari. When they changed it last year, they, they dropped Bevel. They dropped Tom Cable. Tom Cable, uh, you know, thanks for the Super Bowl. But geez, Louise, man, he is not that good. He's very overrated as like an offensive O-line coach. It is when the Raiders picked him up, I was like, and now they're not going to do good at all. Segwaying over to Anza. Anza comes from Detroit. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of – we are familiar with Anza because of his story. He started playing, you know, in the middle of career in college. He basically mm-hmm. only played for one year. And then he was pretty damn good for the first three years in the NFL. Injuries have plagued him hard. It's only one – it's a one-year prove deal. But it's not that it's not that much. It's I think it's like maybe with everything all included is like thirteen mil. Oh, damn, that's a lot. It is a lot, but at the same time you also gotta think that we when we traded Frank Clark, we cleared up at least seventeen mil. It's a one year stopgap and he's you know, he's going to turn thirty and it's the worry is like his injury history. That's true. Also, I'm always trying to look on the positive side of things. With Frank Clark leaving, somebody needs to step up into that productive that productive role to get some of those sacks. 
And when he is healthy, he is, you know, one of the best defensive ends in the game. When he has a, like a full, healthy, complete season, he's putting up 14, 12 sacks. He's, his sack totals are very – he's already gotten 14 and a half sacks three, four years ago. And 20. Lions is like, yep. It was – he put up big numbers, but again, and like the biggest gripe that Detroit fans have – gave Seattle is like, oh, good luck when he's healthy, when he's healthy. We have such a deep defensive end, defensive tackle roster that's rotated. It's 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 very similar, and I was going to bring this up to you, it's very similar to the Eagles. You have these great players, but you guys do such a like heavy rotation that you always have those fresh guys in there. Frank Clark wasn't in there every single snap. He was in for majority, but he wasn't in. And we just need to essentially pick up that production that Frank Clark left, and Ziggy Ansaw is a big step in that direction to help. So do you think that the Seahawks are playing a money ball kind of game right now with trying to restructure their, their roster? Yeah, I can definitely see that. There's still – the one thing that's very positive about this is the moves that they're making is it's telling two things. One, they understood everything wasn't the status quo as it was the last few years. They knew, they realized there was a problem and it was evidence started last year with like, you know, Richard Sherman leaving the coaching changes and they understood, which is very good as a Seattle fan of seeing like they recognize there's a problem and they're not just going to keep saying like, Oh yeah, no, we're fine. You know, business as usual. And clearly it's not doing that and making the changes from those vets where it's like, I, it hurt to see like Sherman leave. It hurt to see Earl leave. It hurt to see Cam retire and stuff and get hurt. I have faith in our coaching and our, the scheme and stuff. And it's designed more around to capture the unique abilities of certain players. They may not be the fastest guys like LJ Collier. He's not the fastest guy, but dude can maul using the best of their abilities. Like Michael Bennett, you guys have Michael Bennett. If yeah. you use Michael Bennett's, he's, he's like clearly no Cleo Mack, but he's really good, you know, making himself skinny, getting it, you know, and he's very good situational snap after snap. And it's, and that's the one of the things you just kind of got to have faith in your team. And I have the utmost faith in my team. So what I see from the Seahawks at the moment is that I don't trust their wide receiver core. You know, I don't trust their tight end core, even though Vanette was a beast last year for you guys. Mm. I mean, I could I could see them adding somebody via trade or maybe someone that was, you know, cut. You know, I, I wouldn't mind trading Aguilar to you guys. I think that would be awesome. I, I like where your head's at, but let me just say this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. Aguilar is yours, and we can get into more Aguilar fantasy discussions. I have a lot of strong opinions about Aguilar in fantasy football. He is the one guy that has been the moment I bench him, he goes off. The moment I play him, he does nothing. And it's the most frustrating player I've ever – and it's year after year. For some reason, I keep coming back to pick up <laughs> Aguilar. And the thing is, it's it's a valid, you know, uh, argument to have that, you know, trust the receiving core because a lot of the people there aren't that proven. You have Tyler Lockett. You have David Moore who started stepping up in his second year. Second year. First year, he was completely injured. He was on practice squad. In the second year, when he shined, he shined. But his problem is is he gets, like, too into his own head. When he drops the ball or he doesn't make a play, he kind of just, like, you can tell that, like, his effort level kind of, like, drops a little bit. But 
We also have Jerron Brown, who Pete Carroll is already saying this year that they didn't utilize him enough. And he, it, in all fairness, he wasn't getting all, as many snaps. We drafted three receivers, signed like two or three other ones in undrafted free agency. Uh, segwaying over to the draft, now that you mention it, what did you think of your draft? I thought it was perfect. It was. It kind of addressed a lot of needs. LJ Collier, I was a huge fan of him coming into the draft, watching his tape and stuff. I was curious about what he was going to do at the Combine, and I was a little disappointed. He ran like a 4-9. A little concerning to me, but man, that dude knows how to use his hands. And he, his college stats, he wasn't really utilized too much. And that's another concern. I was like, why not? He's a very smart dude who comes from a small town. Um, second round pick was uh, Marquise Blair. He's a, he's a hard hitter. He got ejected like three or four games in college for uh, targeting. He's not like a big rah-rah guy. And he's the problem is, is he's a little skinnier. So ideally we want him to bulk up more so he can you know, put some hits on some dudes. The, the glory pick. The low-risk, high-reward DK Metcalf pick. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Am I excited to see? You can't really call that a low-risk or a high-reward. I mean, low-round pick. Relatively to the draft, like where he was like, everyone's like, oh, he's going to go first round or uh, right in the beginning of the second round. He was just falling and falling and falling. So us, a team that needed a receiver, it was the perfect spot because – if you look at his stats and his production at Ole Miss comparatively to stats for the Seahawks receivers is Seahawks were not going to be the Saints. We're not going to be the Packers. We're not going to toss 50 passes a game. And Nor should you. I mean, Russell Wilson is a great passer, but he's more of like, hey, I'm going to improvise and I'm going to get that first down, you know? Exactly. And with our run game as established as it is, is that we're we're in that point of where teams start to expect the run so much now that it just opens up. And when you have deep threats like Tyler Lockett and you put DK Metcalf on the other side and you still have David Moore, who's really good at running down. He may not be like the fastest dude. He's not a Tyler Lockett or a Metcalf. It'll hop up in the air and catch the ball over any cornerback. Yeah, DK Metcalf was my main my main takeaway from your from your draft. You know, I'm actually kind of wondering, do you think he's going to turn out to be your number one receiver? I think best case scenario, yes. It wouldn't be for like at least three, four years. But just based on his physical profile, like everyone's like, yeah, you know, he's built like a Torello and he's built. It's true, but he's still got like a lot of stuff to learn, just like any rookie, you know. He's not good at route running. He has only one trick is to run straight and jump over people. You know, yeah. if he can get that route running skill, it, it that'll be crazy, man, because he has pretty good hands. Well, and that's everybody's gripe about it. At Ole Miss, it was, he was criminally misunderused. He, there are video of him running decent routes. It's just he doesn't get the ball because quarterback Jordan Tomu is looking already right. He's not even paying attention to, to Kalen. And he's, you know, he's just going out there even though he's got the break on the guy. And I do agree that he does need his route running. Like, I understand that. And the thing is, he's been working with a receivers coach. He's a very special guy. He's been around for years. Um, He's been working with him. He's been learning a lot. And he's a smart dude, too. So it's like, I don't, you know, he comes from a strong, like, football family, you know, with uh, Eric Metcalf and his dad, too, who used to play in the league. 
So he understands what it takes. And I don't doubt that he can't get there. I'm telling you, man, if you just look at it, you have him going up against you guys, the Eagles. It's like him up against like Jalen Mills. Just one-on-one, and he's going to run a streak. Who do you think is going to win? Okay, you know what? We're going <laughs> to talk about that in a, in a minute, okay? In just yeah. in a minute. Sorry. I want to talk about your re-signings, okay? Yep. One person that I, I am truly glad that you re-signed was uh, KJ Wright. You know, yes, me too. I, I, I've talked to you about it, and I, I was hoping, praying that the Eagles would pick him up. Yeah, I just think that he's solid just all the way around. It's KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner are the reason why the defense is still decent. Those guys running the middle is it's it's so nice to have. When KJ got re-signed, that was tears to my eyes, happiness. I was so happy because he is like he's not the fastest dude by any means, but his length and his vision is amazing. Resigned Michael Kendricks who we don't know if he's going to be playing. Michael, Michael Kendricks has that thing where he <laughs> risked his entire playing career for $2 million in insider trading. Just insane to me. Why would you do that? You were getting paid like $12 million with the Eagles. Yeah. Why would you? It's mind-blowing. It's, it's, it's very insane to think about like the reasoning behind all of that. I think he was thinking – more long-term and post-football of like, oh, you know, I've been in this business for years. And whatever the reason and intent behind it, I, I can care less because that's that's a him issue. And like, all I really care about is if, is he going to contribute for a team? And if he does contribute, what is he going to do? And what makes me really happy is to think about a linebacker core consisting of KJ, Bobby, and Kendricks. And yeah. it is, oh man, that like, that's arguably you can consider is like on paper, one of the best, if not the best linebacker court in the league. Okay. Calm down. The Cowboys have <laughs> the best linebacking core. Oh okay. my God. Don't even, let's not talk about the Cowboys. Let's not talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> man. We don't have to. Okay. <laughs> no, they're good. I like, I like their Leighton Vanderish did a lot better than I thought he was going to be. in the league. Oh, I will say awesome. that. He's that, an absolute stud. Anyway. So what did you think about Russell Wilson getting all that money? Uh, I loved it. It was perfect. I wanted to keep him. It wasn't, you know, it's the most money in the league right now. There's no debating that. But relatively to the amount of, you know, production he contributes to his team and the success, I'm fine with paying that. (laughs) Like I have no problem with that at all because people forget what, Two years ago, when he was responsible for 80, 90% of the offense, which still to me, you know, if we had made the playoffs, I think he probably would have almost gotten MVP. That's what it means. Most valuable player, you know, it's like if that guy's running your team, what other considerations should there be? Oh, yeah. And I think he set the market too. I mean, he got a bunch of uh, guarantee. Like it was almost up front, wasn't it? His uh, signing bonus? Yeah, it's like 60 something mil or something. Which is. Super similar to what the Eagles do is where they give an enormous chunk of their salary mm-hmm. as a signing bonus in order to try and save cap room, you know, in the future. So to me, it says that, all right, they're trying to make Russ happy mm-hmm. and we're going to get some pieces around them in a couple of years. Yeah, it was like, to me, honestly, it was the perfect solution to the whole thing because there's a big sign of great teams. You know, if you look at the back, the last Super Bowl winners, uh, you guys, Patriots, that's like what they, that's how they can use their 
contracts. I mean, the Patriots are a little unique. Let's, though. They're yeah, they they're the only team that has a quarterback that's like, yes, I'll take less money, and I still will be the best. <laughs> like you're like, okay, no need to rub it in our face, Tom. <laughs> so let's um, uh, let's move over to the schedule. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know that you. Well, let, well, let's move over to the schedule and the division because okay. your division's a little rough, to say the least, especially with Kyler Murray coming in, you know, with Cliff Kings, Kingsbury, and then you have the Rams, you know, and then we don't know what Garoppolo's going to bring, but the San Francisco 49ers also added a bunch of good pieces. Uh, I'll say this, man. It's what I've already talked about earlier is – like rarely do I ever you see teams that they make big free agent acquisitions and then because of that they've won the Super Bowl. Like oh yeah they got they got D Ford and I don't I'm not like will the 49ers be better? Yes they you know if Garoppolo's healthy they should on paper be a better team. But I don't I don't have a lot of confidence that they will take that extra step that every single media outlet is like, oh, the 49ers are going to be that team this year. They've done it for the last two years. I'm like, all right, cool. And then the Cardinals, I will say this, the whole statement of the NFC West being tough, it's not as tough. It's tough on paper. Uh, the Rams, I honestly think, will take a step back a little bit. You know, trends get figured out. The biggest evidence of that is seeing it firsthand as a Seahawks fan. If we, we had the LO, we had the Legion of Boom, we're doing great and stuff, but people just, all you have to do is scheme, scheme around it. And that's how you win. You know, like with the Chiefs and the Rams last year, it was insane. Like they were just putting up crazy numbers. But if you remember us playing the Chiefs last year, it was a fun game to watch and we won. We whooped them. <laughs> but again, <laughs> all fairness, they had a very bad defense. Oh, very God. Bad. They had, yeah, I think it was the worst, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It, it had to be the worst. It was, it was. It was like I felt good about the win still, but <laughs> um, um, I will say, yeah, like I think that my predictions is the Rams are going to drop off a little bit. The 49ers will step up a little bit, and I if the Cardinals do change at all, it'll be maybe slightly better. The only proven two teams in the division are the Seahawks and the Rams. They, you know, those are the only two teams. The 49ers, like they have pieces, but again. You know, it's a totality of the entire team that's going to put it all together. And if you bring in fresh new faces and you don't have that uh, continuity, then, you know, if you keep just swapping out players, getting new players, it's not going to work. You know, to me, on paper, the Seahawks suck. Yeah. You know? Like, to I me. I love it. I love like, it. Their, their roster is, you, you look at it and you're like, who, who are these people? Exactly. You know? But every single it. year, for some reason, they just, they're in the playoffs, man. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. They won't win the NFC West. I mean, I don't think they will. You know, I think I, the Rams will still win it. But for some reason, the Seahawks always, always surprise us. And I don't know if it's Russell Wilson or if it's just Pete Carroll with the schemes that he does. I don't. I don't see the the Seahawks dropping off anytime soon. You know, but I also mm-hmm. don't see the Rams dropping off that much either. I still think they're a twelve, eleven win team. I agree. And the best way I can equate it to what I what I anticipate for this upcoming season is it'll be similar and not probably not as, you know, high paced offense or anything like that, but comparable to the Chiefs Chargers battle last year where they're jockeying for that first spot. That's what I anticipate. I think, you know, the Cardinals and 49ers will still be 
lower tier. I don't think they'll be as low, but they'll still be low. Well, here are my predictions, and let me uh, – uh, you can brace yourself. You know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say 12-4, 11-5 uh, for the Rams, and okay. I'm going to say the maximum for the Seahawks is going to be 9-7. and seven. But I hmm. believe that they will still make the playoffs. But yeah, it's fair. Everybody, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> um, I, think the, I think the 49ers are going to go about, you know, uh, seven and nine, eight and eight. Nick Bosa, too. That's kind of scary. But again, he's just like the other Bosa brother. They do have injury issues. Well, a lot that, of them. That defensive line is a monster. Have you seen their defensive line? Is- I mean, I, I, I'll say it. it's one of those, it's one of those, it's, it's so stacked that you look at it and you're kind of like, well, I don't want to look at this anymore because I'll just have to see it. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, I, I will acknowledge this. They have, you know, on paper, again, on paper, they have the best defensive line in our division. It is, I'm not going to, you know, say no to that. Oh yeah. Um, but again, they also don't have an Aaron Donald and that is, I will say this till the end of my days. I, as a Seahawks fan, it's tough for me to say, and Seahawks fans to hear, Aaron Donald is a generational player. Having seen that guy twice a year, every year, rarely do you see talents like that guy. That guy is a game changer. The only reason the Rams didn't go winless those other years was because of him. Oh, yeah, he's a monster. I mean, there's no denying it. If it wasn't for Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox would be, you know, the next Reggie White, basically. What I, how I feel about the Cardinals is is totally different, okay? I, on paper, they added a lot of people on their defense. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, on paper, they're better. To me, I just don't see how Cliff Kingsbury is going to make a drastic difference to that team. You know, I, I, I still feel like they're going to be, you know, in the bottom five of the entire league. A rookie quarterback, a really shaky offensive line. I, I don't see it. To me, they're going to be a bottom five team, and they're going to be picking again in the top five. Yeah, I agree. I think their ceiling for wins may be like four or five. The Cardinals are the biggest wild card team. of. We don't know what they're going to be. They have a brand-new quarterback who's Russell Wilson light, <laughs> and it's he's fun to watch. I'm scared to play him. I will say this. I, I'd much rather take on Nick Bosa than him. I'm not looking forward to playing Kyler Murray. Again, like, I, I kind of want to go back to the Rams. I think the Rams are going to drop off. Oh, man. I'm sorry, man. Did you see their, did you see their defensive backs last year? They were so, over, like, overinflated. They're like, oh, Marcus Peters, a keep to, to leave. And I'm like, we, dude, Loggett was burning Marcus Peters like it was nothing in L.A. And I was – Okay, but come on. Tyler Lockett runs like a four-flat 40. He's going to burn almost everyone in the league. I, I just did not see what all the hype was about. I was like, okay. Like, to me, last year is – going into last year, I was more scared of the Rams until we played them. And I said, okay, this team is beatable. I think 12 and 4, 11 and 5 is like the range that they're going to be at. I don't think they're going to be the exact same as successful as they were last year. Yeah, that's what I said about yeah. 4, you know, 11 and 5. I just, I, th- I still think they're either going to be the number one seed or the number two seed. And it's going to be really hard for the Seahawks to win 10 plus games. If you look at their schedule, they're facing really, really tough teams, one being the Eagles. 
and uh, you guys are, it's an automatic L for you. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I'll say this. If, if you guys, if we faced you guys in Philly before week four, I'd give you guys that game easy. But you guys are getting us in week 12. You're getting, you're getting the Seahawks when they're starting to hit their stride. I'm telling you, man. I'm, I, honestly, to me, it's a toss-up game. I don't know about toss up. I don't know what. Do you want to respond? Do you want to respond to Lloyd and his oh, fourteen uh, point? Oh come on! His fourteen point there. prediction. We're gonna smash on you guys. Yeah, you're gonna get smash on us. Who's your running back? Jordan Howard, Miles Who's Sanders. Your, okay. Oh, those guys are gonna smash and run all over us. Okay. Oh, Jordan. Oh, you mean Jordan Howard, the one that was in top three in the entire league in rushing for the last four years? That Jordan Howard, the one from last year. Jordan Howard from the Bears. He was top what? Top three? Top three in the last four years in rushing. He finally got a re- got a running back, huh? Yep. Isn't that <laughs> scary? Oh, it's so scary. I'm waiting for a Jai to come back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love man. It's funny because I heard you guys talk about a Jai too, and I like. I was a big fan of a Jai. Oh, we were it too. Is, yeah. yeah, that's what I was saying. Is I, I like the Jai. I was like, I'm a huge fan of the Eagles. Honestly, like I like your guys' team. I like Peterson. Bias aside, I'm a fan of the Eagles. When it comes to the Hawks versus the Eagles, obviously the gloves are coming off. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun to watch, man. I mean, if you want to come back here and watch another game at a uh, Bison Creek Pizza and watch the Eagles get whomped on, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and in all fairness, that was in Seattle. I'll give you that. But man, I'm I'm excited. That's like the one game on the schedule where I'm like, that's the game I'm looking forward to at Philly. Oh yeah. Because it is a fair argument about the, um, you know, we don't play as well away, but we are getting better. And that's that's the one positive for me is like last year against the Panthers, like that game was fun to watch too. All right, so the uh, schedule, what do you think your trap games are? You know, teams that you see that are like on paper just really, really bad and then you're going to lose too. There's actually one that happens every single year. It is a very consistent thing. It's always the Cardinals at home. Don't know why. It's always at the end of the season, but every time the Cardinals come here, they have success. Don't know why. It's the weirdest thing. Doesn't matter what coach it is. Every time they come here, we just struggle. It's not even it's and then when we go to the Arizona, it's like we either wipe the floor with them or it's a real boring game where it's only field goals. Trap games, I think, again, it's always gonna be the Cardinals. That's like my trap game. Because I know we play first game, we actually get a home game the first game, which I think is should be an easy win for us. It could be a trap game. I really don't think so, though, because of the team that's playing us. But our first home game is against the Bengals. If we uh, lose – Coach, new system, I don't see I, you guys I don't anticipate. I don't see us losing that game, but if we do, like, don't be shocked. Be like, wow, I can't believe the Bengals. And then the hype train on the Bengals is going to – overblown and it's <laughs> but then so like I can give you a breakdown of what I think Bengals I think we're gonna win next week we go in pit we have to go to Pittsburgh I think if we win that game that's gonna blow my mind but I don't think we're gonna win that game okay that's one in one right there yep uh and then we're at home against the Saints this is another game where it is like it's a tough game it's home but it's a home game so yeah, I'm like, remember, they're also used to the sound. <laughs> Likely, it'll be Drew Brees' fourth quarter. 
So I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll be one into at this point. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. See, my thoughts on that game is that Drew Brees in the very first half of the season is mm-hmm. magical. So yeah, he's no fist magic. If you, were, but. If, you playing, if you were playing them at the end of the season, I would say you guys win guaranteed. But this is the first four weeks. He's going to be so fresh. You know, ah, man, I really don't see you guys winning that game. But I, like you said, you know. The biggest counterbalance is it's in Seattle. Yeah. And that's like the perfect offset for this is going to be like, this is going to be a good game. Regardless, it's the same way I feel about the Eagles game. It's going to be a good game. Like, it's going to be a fun game to watch. All right. So they're one and two right now. Uh, and then we uh, then we go to Arizona, so now we're two and two. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm not even going to consider that. Um, and then we're at home against the Rams. See now that right it's a primetime game too. That's going to be a good game right there because they don't do well on the road, you mm-hmm. know. And I'm not sure if they're going to do well with all that noise. Mm-hmm. So they you guys, you guys can probably win that game. If we win this game. This is going to more confirm my Rams are falling off. If I'm being honest with myself, I'm not going to be surprised if the Rams beat us. I will take the Rams on that one. So we'll be two and three at this point. Okay. And then we go to Cleveland. Ouch. Oh, man, I'm excited for this game. I think everyone's excited for Cleveland at the moment. This is, I think this is a trap game for them. I think Seattle coming in, they're like, oh, Seattle's coming back. But, like, oh, Cleveland's the best. Cleveland's, you know, God's gift to earth now. Well, I and mean, it's, by week six, you, you kind of know what Cleveland is going to be, right? Exactly. Uh, I, think we'll, I think we'll pull out an upset on them. I think at this point we'll be three. That's my three. three. Okay. Yeah. And then um, another one that's very tricky. We have an interesting schedule this year. So now we're at home against the Ravens, the Earl Thomas Ravens. It's hard, but I think our defense will be the deciding factor in that. If, yeah, I think this is going to be – it'll be another tough one, but I think we'll beat the Ravens. All right, so you'll beat the Ravens, so you'll be what, 3-3? Three and three? Uh, No, you'll be 4-3. Uh, 4-3, and, three. Four and three. and then this brings me to our next game at Atlanta. I think this is another one of those games where I think the Falcons are going to be better next year. So I think at this point we'll be 4-4. Four and four. It's gonna okay. be a tough. It's gonna be a tough road in the beginning, but then, Ouch, man, yeah, yeah. How do you recover from four and four and trying to make the playoffs from there? What What do we do? Oh, we just turn on Seahawks mode. We just turn up a little bit and we play at the second <laughs> half of the season, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. And we got the uh, Bucks at home. That's yep. a win. Yep. We go to San Francisco. This one I'm conflicted on. I think we'll be five and five. Oh, you're getting worse and worse here, man. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Because then we go, we have a bye week. We'll be fresh, and we're flying to Philly, baby. And we're going to beat you guys. So you can chalk that up to an L, straight loss, <laughs> by 21 <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, no, I, I, I expect this is – I think this might be a trap game for you guys. Yeah, because you guys are all confident, like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's be easy. Got all the Flo- the Lloyds of the world saying 14 points. Yeah, okay. If you beat us by 14 points, I got to think of something. But if you beat us by 14 points, I will do something. Like, <laughs> there's like, 
there's there's no way we're gonna lose by fourteen points to you guys. We're gonna win that game in Philadelphia. Oh wow, you're yes. you know yeah, don't cool. come into Philly and beat us. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. Um and then we are at home against Minnesota. I think we're gonna win that game. Yeah. Uh and then we go to LA. I still and this, think you guys win that game. Me too. We're gonna win that game. So you're saying you're going to go on a super hot streak here after mm-hmm. the bye week. And yep. you're going to be, what, 8-5 and five at that point? Yep. Wow. Okay. All right. And, and then we're going to go to Carolina. I think out of the last three games, at Carolina, then at home against the Cardinals, and then at 49ers, we're going to beat the Panthers. We're going to lose to the Cardinals at home because for some, that's when Kyler Murray is going to be full Kyler Murray and they're going to just let him go. And it's another trap game for us. This is the one that we're going to lose. And then we're going to beat the 49ers at home. So 10 and 6 is your, is your Correct. prediction. Correct. All right. Well, that's good enough to get you in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know? All right. Well, I'm going to say that's a bold, bold prediction. I don't think it's a bold prediction. I think it's a bold prediction because, look, I'm, I'm seeing all L's here, all right? I'm seeing a loss to Pittsburgh. I'm seeing a loss to the Saints. I'm seeing a loss twice to the Rams. That's already, what, four losses? Uh, Cleveland Browns is a toss-up to me. You know, you can go either way. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, another loss. You might lose once to San Francisco. You're going to mm-hmm. lose to the Eagles. Vikings, no one has any faith in the Vikings, especially because that's a uh, <laughs> that's a primetime game, and we know how what's his face does in primetime. So game. yeah, so, no, yeah, I mean nine and seven is your absolute ceiling, you know, and yeah. your floor, your floor I see as a six and ten. All right, so let's uh, switch over to to something that I think you and I are pretty good at, or at mm-hmm. least I should say we're pretty passionate for is uh, fantasy football. Yep. Now, what do you uh, what do you predict as far as your your team? Who are going to be the biggest fantasy contributors? Uh, I think top two. Like, I'm not even going to consider. Do we want to talk about defense and stuff? Because I, uh, I don't we'll, think we'll touch on it briefly. But okay, uh, let's go I with mean, offensive players. All right, uh, Russ. Russ is going to be one of them. Easy. You think he's uh, going to be a top ten? Top ten QB fantasy, yeah. Really? Yes. Do you would you like me to start naming off QBs that will be ahead of him? I'm trying to think. Who of is he going to throw to, man? Uh, which brings me to my other top fantasy player, Lockett. Lockett. Okay, I can I can see. I, I, I'll say Lockett top twenty. Top, top yeah, I can say top twenty, top fifteen is pushing it. But uh, that's 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 optimistic. <laughs> it's dude the production man it's the touchdowns count for a lot of points don't forget that and he gets a lot of touchdowns as far as your tight ends being draftable in fantasy football ah uh, to me i can't i can't really name 10 no. tight ends you they're, know they're they're more waiver wire i it's it, to me they're more waiver wire receivers or uh tight ends they can be picked up as like a deep your guys on a bye week and you focused all the receivers or running backs or whatever you focused on in the draft. It depends on your team, man. It's, it's, it's hard to say for sure, because, you know, as far as the tight ends go, it's, we won't know until like first quarter or the first third of the season that the Seahawks 
who like is really the number one Seahawks tight end. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So it's, 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 they're definitely not going to be like day one draft. They're not going to be like a heavy receiver target, like Evan Ingram or a Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron had a great year last year. I had him on my team. Boy, how do you, Mike glad I got him. <laughs> oh man. I picked him up. I think I picked him up in the waiver wire, honestly. Yeah. And, uh, kind of stuck with him. I actually had Ertz and Ebron. Shut up, man. I swear. I think, well, I think the number one this year is definitely like the one guy that I've, we see twice a year who I'm just amazingly impressed by is George Kittle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, that guy's like going to be like the new big dude. What do you, what about your defense? What do you think they're going to rank as far as fantasy? Oh man, that's tough, man. I want to say like the top third, the top third, top third of relatively to all the teams. So they're borderline playable is what you're saying. Yeah, like I always count for them because they get a lot of forced fumbles, a lot of uh, intercept. Like the interceptions started to drop off towards the end of the year, which kind of bummed me out. But they're like a very savvy go after the ball type of team, and so like that's what you can always count on with them. Is they're always a good quality. Like if they're playing the Saints, obviously do not play them. But (laughs) (laughs) but like if they're playing the Cardinals go for it. If they're going to yeah. play Garoppolo, go for it. Yeah, it, I, would, it, I would say, yeah. They're, 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 they're like a really good team to play against the Rams, too, because I'm sorry, I have no faith in Jared Goff, and I love that they have him on their team. Oh, Ooh. God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jared Goff is still a top 10 QB in fantasy, man. In in height. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not – like, Jared Goff, man, he's, he's good – I'll say this. He's good for what they run. He's good for that. Like you put him to be like the game changer QB on like the dolphins or something. (laughs) So it's like, it's not going to go well. If you're going to draft Russell Wilson in what round would you draft him? Round one. No, um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's not biased at all. Hot take. Uh, (laughs) Like, I would definitely take, like, a Patrick Mahomes, uh, Rodgers, Brady. You know, there's a handful of uh, quarterbacks I would take over him. But, you know, again, like, top 10, I would still take him. Top 10. It's, you know, I can understand the argument this year because the whole receiver, you don't know who's who. The very savvy mobile quarterback is one of the smartest guys in the league of understanding, like, where to go and when to bail. When, in terms of fantasy, remember that – you know, passing yards are not as much as rushing yards. Either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could have a 200-yard throwing day, but mm-hmm. also have 50 yards rushing, and mm-hmm. that, you know, is basically equal to 300 yards passing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so it's – I can see the value in Russell Wilson, and I would agree with you that he's top 10. Mm-hmm. All right, on that note, wrapping up the show here, you have mm-hmm. anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, no, man. I mean, best of luck to you next year. I can't wait to beat you. Um, it's going to be a fun game. I wish it was in Seattle because I was very tempted to, like, I would fly you guys up here to watch the game. Just <laughs> <laughs> to see their misery on our faces. Oh, it would have been Seattle. beautiful. You would have been disappointed the whole entire trip, and I would it would have been money well spent. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, All right, Max. Well, hey, man, this is fun. 
I appreciate you, first of all, for being our second one on the roundtable. Mm-hmm. Of course. And if you have any other friends that are just as nerdy as you are, let me know. For sure. I got a Raiders roommate, but he's not that passionate. And oh, nor well, does anybody what, need to be passionate about the Raiders right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Who, who can be passionate about the Raiders? The Raiders just not, suck. Not even John Gruden's passionate about the Raiders right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook, The Neighborhood GM. You can find us on Twitter at GM Neighborhood. We will see you next week. Bye.